Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Be a Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Fuser. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. All right, welcome back to another episode of Be a Warrior, and I am ecstatic because today I get the honor of having a world-renowned mental health coach, a mental skills coach, who has done immeasurable services to a greater community of professional athletes, corporate world, and individuals alike who are, she's usually trying to focus on getting them to their greatness, right? Getting out of their own way, their own mindset to achieve their greatest life possible. So I would like to introduce my guest today, Coach Dar. Welcome. Angie, thanks so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this all weekend. Yeah, this has been, this has been in my heart for a while. And when I knew the book was coming out, I was like, I got to find her. I've got to get in touch with her. And then I'm like, wait, the book is coming out. I should probably give her some space because <laughs> I can't imagine what you're going through. But I digress. We were ahead of ourselves. What I really want to do, and when I bring guests on, I truly, this is, this is a once a month thing for me in a year. And in my third season, um, so you understand the background my goal always on this podcast is to help people through my personal journey, because mine is mine. I can't dictate what yours will be like, even if you do what I do, um, but to get out of their own way so they can live a really great, healthy life, no matter their circumstances. And for those of you just jumping in for the first time, I am an above knee amputee that elected to do that four years ago. And I truly have been living the most supreme life I could have ever asked God for. So I am blessed and I'm grateful and I'm paying it forward by being here. Mm -hmm. So when I get guests on, I pick the people I know will speak to the audience, mm -hmm. have something amazingly powerful to say and can speak truth and love. And, and I know Dar, you use your faith a lot. I, I don't talk about my faith because I'm a person of action. So I, act out my faith, the way I speak with people and how I hold myself. But faith is what got me through my, my troubles yeah. and I couldn't have done it without. So my question to you is why you, why are you here coach? Why, what, who makes you, you like start from the beginning? Where did you grow up? What were you like as a little girl? What were your big mm -hmm. dreams in life? So I am from Connecticut. And from a small town on the coastline of Connecticut, and I came from an Italian family and hard workers. My mom was a barber. My dad was a tool and die maker. My mom worked three jobs and we had to grind when we were younger. And so my parents worked a lot just to make ends meet. And the crazy part is while I knew they struggled and it was hard for them sometimes to just get money for groceries. But we always had this love in our house. Crazy Italians, for sure. I mean, if you could <laughs> imagine the Sopranos, that is my family. <laughs> I but, love it. So, but what I learned, though, is, and this transcends no matter bank accounts or not, when you have a sense of community, mm -hmm. you really could go forward. So our Italian family was very large. And that was my sense of community. So everyone helped everyone. And even in my mm -hmm. town, it was such a great town to grow up in, small town. 
And everyone just helped everyone, which was so beautiful. And I loved it. And so early on, I saw my mom, who truly to me was like Mother Teresa. This woman, she could have her last dollar and she'll give it to someone. She could be eating a sandwich and I know she's hungry. And if I said, mom, can I have a bite? She'd give it to me or to someone else. That's just, I was around this pay it forward, generous servant leadership heart of my mother all the time. So as a kid, I asked this question once when I was going through with a coach that was working with me, that mentored me. And she said, Dar, go ask some people when you were younger what you were like. So the answer I got was I was the person that always helped the underdog. I, when people were in pain, I was in pain. And I remember this one example of, you know, when you're a little kid and you go to those fairs and you just want to big, win the big stuffed animal. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my father knew that's all I wanted. So we must've stayed at this one thing until we got it. And we finally get this big (laughs) stuffed animal and he gives it to me. I'm all excited, but I turn around Angie and I see this little um, child, this child in a wheelchair. And then that was it. I went over and gave my stuffed animal to the child. (laughs) And then when my cousin was younger, we were so close in age. We were the same age. He got burnt in a fire when he was only, I have to think, maybe nine years old. And I loved, if this is any indication of what I was like when I was little, I loved the Incredible Hulk. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Who didn't? Yeah. So I had an Incredible Hulk doll that I carried around all the time. But when he got burnt, I went to the burn unit to see him because he was like my brother. And he says to this day, you know, when you get burnt, it's so painful. You don't remember most of it. Thank goodness. But he remembers me giving him my doll because when I gave it to him, a tear came down his face and he was not alert enough to talk to me. But I just say that only because since a little kid, those are just examples of if I could give someone something that's going to help them. And now move this forward to today, whether that's hope, confidence, belief, faith, Mm. courage, boldness, their voice, and their ability to get back up. That's what I wanted to do. And that's what I do do. And it led me to a career in occupational therapy where I help people go through coming back from spinal cord injuries, brain injuries, stroke, aneurysms. So my whole world has been in this servant heart. And I mean it. I mean, I'm not here for me. I am truly here to take this gift that God gave me and just keep helping people say, get up. Let's do it again. You know, we have a chance in front of us. We have another day. We're going to create a new normal. We're going to go for it. And there's no there's no backing down. If we have 24 hours, we're going to go. So that's what I've been doing. And I love that. And like I said, you know, with this podcast, I use my personal journey one because I think it validates like I'm talking from that space. I'm not projecting what I think could be like to be an amputee. I am. So I can speak from that space. What space are you speaking from? For those that don't know you, what, what led you to transform from that OT position to even more of the mental mindset coaching that you are now Mm -hmm. in? You had your major fair share of trials. Yeah. Being in occupational therapy, taking care of traumatic brain injury patients, I knew right off the get go that shifting your mindset and casting your vision on what's ahead was going to get you through it. And then when I was 25, I was married at the time. We had just bought the book, what to expect when we're expecting, could not wait to start a family. And I gone to see a chiropractor. And when I, cause I had hurt my sciatica 
and um, had sciatic pain. They went to manipulate my neck and they ripped the vertebral artery to my brain. So I was bleeding in the brain and I was left with a blood clot, but I didn't catch it soon enough because the symptoms were not right away. They came after and then they misdiagnosed me where that blood clot was and they said it was a brain tumor. So I was going through, well, if it's a brain tumor, what will I do? And then they said, oh, no, we don't think it's that. So I say this. One is you have to be an advocate, which we all know for our own health, because we know our bodies better than anyone. <laughs> exactly. And so I, um, I went through that. And I wish I could say, you know, the Sanji, that it was my only one. But I ended up having three. My last one was just four years ago, I believe. And so my third stroke was my hardest. I lost a lot of my speech, my fine motor, my balance. And I speak for a living and I help people. But all the work that I had been doing throughout the years on mindset are the very principles that I use to get myself and bounce back faster than most would have expected. But, you know, life is these health challenges have been hard. I've yeah. lost my, both my parents, you know, you, we all have mm-hmm. something that we're going to go through and it's just, I promise you, if you can condition your mind every day and train it, like you train your mm-hmm. body, when the hits come, they hurt, but you get back up faster. You don't stay yeah. down as long. And that's my goal to yeah. teach, keep teaching people to get back up. Yeah. And I remember reading somewhere in your book, getting ahead a little bit, but to, to that point that the mountains and valleys, I speak of them almost every other podcast. And the fact is, if you can remember that you've been in this kind of valley before, look what happened. You've come out. Okay. You're back in. You're going to come out again. You've, you've yes. just got to remember that and not think it's yeah. the end of all things mm-hmm. because you have another setback. Right. Um, That's right. I'm going to ask you more, a more personal question, because this kind of goes into you, what you do, but based on what you have been through and the fact that, you know, and I know in your heart, it's probably something that you actually hold on to is that, that this could happen again. Right. And you've, Mm -hmm. you've spoken that I've seen you speak of that to other Mm -hmm. people and other, other uh, interviews. Where are you at emotionally and mentally with that? And how are you handling it with physical aspect? Like, so how are you doing? That's how yeah. I ask people when I talk yeah. to people, how are you yeah. doing? I, I, ever, for the most part, generally, well, I really am doing well right now. I have some subtle side effects that I deal with that no one would see day to day. But I mean, mm-hmm. for the most part right now, today, thank God I'm doing well, but mm-hmm. I also work really hard on my fitness to make yeah. sure I'm working out because I know if something happens, at least if I have muscle strength, that will be in my favor. Mm -hmm. I work on my mindset. I work on my emotional health. I work on my spiritual health. And that keeps me going. And it really sets up the foundation, which I'm so grateful for. for, So overall, now, Mm -hmm. there are times that I start to get migraines. And sure, I get a little worried because my last stroke started with a migraine. And by the end of the week, I was staggering. And I was suffering a stroke again. And every for every stroke that you have, you're 50% more likely to have another. So I try not to let my mind go to this could happen. When I do see someone that's paralyzed and, you know, because of the stroke, sometimes that comes and I, it does come to my mind going, is that going to happen to me at some point? And I don't want to give that energy at all, but I'm right. human. And sometimes that does come in and I, 
And a little bit of fear will come in at that moment. But then I try to have more faith than I have fear and say, you know what? If this is something that might happen and I'm still here, then just like everyone else that I helped and everyone else that's going through it, we'll fight through that too. So, because what's our other option? I'm right. not giving up. So if we're here, we got to find a way. That's right. Exactly. So I just try we to shift to that. No, I like that. No, and and I know that's it's, it's got to be like, for me, mine's like a one and done. I had an amputation. Mm-hmm. I had to deal with that. I had a four month wait time from my schedule to my amputation, which was the hardest four months of my life until I just totally fell into my faith, rested yeah. in the fact that this was the path that was chosen for me. And now mm-hmm. I need to live to it. And then once I did that, I mean, I was cracking jokes that morning of amputation. I woke up better out of my surgery than I had for 10 surgeries prior. And then it's like, but mine, like I said, is a one and done. And I'm sure you have to do some emotional checks on you just to, cause you, I mean, you want to look to the future, but you got to hold on not to go too far or to even worry about the past. And, and, and I I can imagine that that's your, again, we all go through mountains and valleys and yours is different than mine, even though there's still troubles and we still can use the same tactics mm-hmm. to get out of them and, and to succeed and overcome. Yeah. Right. It's, I mean, it's definitely something that is in the back of my mind. And even when I've been in relationships with people, they'll say, I know they're more, they're like, gosh, if I get involved in this person, what if they have the stroke and they're paralyzed? Like that comes into their mind too. And I, I know it. And also I couldn't have children because of the stroke. So there was a lot of stuff that came with this and there's a lot of stuff that I deal with. And even from a health autoimmune things, like some days, like today I feel really good and I'm really grateful for it. And some days I don't feel so good, but I don't have the choice to stop. So I keep going. So you just learn to appreciate the days you have. And I honestly say this, I say, God, if you never give me another thing, I am so grateful for today for where I am. Yeah. Well, and that does definitely play in mindset and how you, you manage each day. And just some of the things that I read in your book about just how, okay, this is the day you gave me the, the breath in my lungs. It's time to get up. What can I do to make a difference today? Cause tomorrow isn't guaranteed for any of us. And I love that. I mean, it's truly good. So I'm going to tr- shift right now, since we've been talking about it to your book, I'm like, okay, I'm highlighting. I'm like, I'm the highlighter dog ear. I've got like 500 I, dog ears too. in this. Because there's so much that's so relevant. And and I was starting out truly, and I literally had to take notes. Like normally when I do my podcast, I'm just, I was a teacher in my former life. And so just talking is absolutely not a problem for me, but I didn't want to get off topic. And I'm like, stay focused, stay focused. But some of the things that I, I think, seriously, if I could have written a book, you, you summed up everything I love and tried to instill in my life knowing that I'm just so grateful to be where I'm at, you know, and, and to be able to do that is, this is great. And I even, so those of you listening, I had even reached out to Dar and I just said, Hey, I love the title of your book, the art of bouncing back. And next month is limb loss, limb difference awareness month. And that's when I bring in speakers. So coach Dar is being my intro to it because bouncing back is truly what us as amputees in our community we need to be able to do not that everybody doesn't have to do it. But when I think about the things that I have done, I, I had to bounce back. If, if I was going to be a good wife, a good mom, a good friend, a good sister, a daughter, 
I had to bounce back. I couldn't sit there and go, wow, look at my life. This sucks. This isn't what I planned. I mean, Eric and I have been together since high school. And I looked at him. I said, would you have ever expected you were going to be married to an amputee? (laughs) I mean, he didn't think that, but the guy is resilient and, and my protector and my support and, and amazing Mm -hmm. for all he does and what he went through uh, leading up to this. But in your book, I love the affirmations. Um, The positive affirmations are really powerful. And, you know, I just, if I could pinpoint any, you know, I'm stronger than my current circumstance. Sometimes we forget how strong we are made Mm -hmm. and it really, truly does come down to the mind, right? It's, it's a mind, our mind can tell our body what's going to happen. And when we believe our mind, then we can accomplish greatness. Like you try to unleash in all your clients, right? Yeah. Yeah. And And so I I have. I just want to show you, I have this little brain model uh, that's always on my desk because this is what I study, but I just want to say like this thing right here, you know, yeah. it propels us forward or pulls us back based on what we fill it with. So this, this is our circuit. This is our brain. This is the most powerful tool. And if we use this well, and mm. we put great information into these areas that are working for us. We are extremely powerful. We could heal ourselves. We can move ourselves forwards. We could take off the limits. But yeah. if you don't do the work and you don't fill it with the right things, this thing could hurt us. It, this yeah. is enemy lines yeah. when we're not doing what we need to. But when we are, we're survivors, we're fighters. We have all oh, yeah. that we need. So true. And, and just curious on, on this book. Um, yes. you know, was at your book launch and that was just fantastic to listen to you and to see your, your banter with the athletes and stuff, you know, it, it reminded me of, you know, I have three big brothers. It totally reminded me of me and my family and how we would yeah. Yeah. always yeah. rib each other. And, and, and I think that's why God gave me boys. I got that. And I understood that. And we banter just like the old yeah. days. I love it. I, it is great. This book was a long time coming. Yeah. And can you talk about how this, what, what put this into your mind to do? Mm -hmm. What kind of trials and hurdles did you have to overcome Mm -hmm. to make this happen? And how long did it actually take you to, to get this out? I mean, great thoughts and great ideas and great tools for everybody, but tell me a little bit about the process of it. You know, here, I just want to tell you just a little bit, because I want people to hear this and that everyone's got a book within them. Mm -hmm. and it's just whether you're willing to write it. So when I was little, first and second grade, I was actually pulled out of the the reading class because I wasn't reading as fast as the other students. My reading processing was slower. So I had to be taken to get help from another teacher that could help me, and she poured into me so well that when we were done, I became a bookworm. I wanted to be in the library reading all the time. So my mom always was taking me to the library and I loved books and I just love holding my hands. And in the summer when she would work, because we didn't, we didn't have a babysitter, I would go to work with her. And then in town was this independent bookstore, RJ Julius. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I would go to the bookstore and I would hang out there. I mean, it was my happy place. And she came to me when I was little and said, Dar, someday your book's going to be here and I'm going to be the first one to buy it. And I just looked at her and I said, you know, when you're a little kid, you're like, sure, mom, sure. But yeah. I always, it, it plant, forever planted a seed. And I was like, 
I'm going to write a book one day. And I'm, she goes, you're going to teach people. You're going to help people. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. So 2012, I started, I took a class on writing a book. I wanted to learn. I wanted to start it. Mm-hmm. The, the calling started to come in my heart. So I called my mom and I said, mom, I'm going to start writing. And she's like, oh, this is great. I can't wait. And I was going to write it about awakening greatness. And I still probably will get that book out there. But I started that. And I first was going to do self-publishing. Then I went with an independent publisher. And it was a small independent publisher. And then I had my third stroke while I was writing that. And it took me where I couldn't even read. I couldn't hold the pen. Nothing. I couldn't type. So it ended up going completely, completely sideways. I lost a lot in that process, but it was not lost because 2020 happens. And my sports agent calls me and she said, Dar, you've got to, you've got to write that book. And I said, I know it's just so hard right now. And COVID was just hitting. And I said, I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to go back to the independent publishing route. She goes, no, you are making God too small. You need to write a great book proposal and put it out there because a publisher needs to pick this up so we can get this out further. Stop playing so small in your life with this, with you. And I thought, well, no one even knows my, I've never written a book. And she's like, we know your work. We don't know you as an author. Now we're going to know you as both. So I did. I wrote a book proposal and I got a lot of no's in the process, a lot. Mm. And I was going through at that time while I'm writing and I shifted the gears from awakening greatness to the art of bouncing back because I had to bounce back from my stroke, third stroke. I had to bounce back from extreme heartbreak. I had to bounce back from losing my mother and then losing my father while I'm writing this and being told, by the way, the other point was all those years I was told I couldn't have kids because the stroke right as I was finishing the book, I got told by a neurologist because I had to go have um, my scans again. Mm-hmm. And he said, did you tell me that you thought that you could have children? And I said, not, uh, not that I thought I was told. And he's like, you could have all this time. Oh and I was God. in the middle of writing reframing setbacks. And I was like, I postponed so much of that part of my life because I didn't want to hold other people back. So when I tell you in the middle of writing this, mm. I kept getting tested over and over, losing my mom, then losing my father, losing a person I loved going through heartache, then having to kind of revisit that whole thing as a, you know, a woman wanting to have children and then say, well, now I'm 47. So now for me, I'm not, but then I was like, you know, you're just, you're going through so much as you're trying to give courage and information and tools to everyone. And I was like, wow, if this is not a testament of mental skills training, I don't know what is. Right. So I literally had to keep applying, Angie, all these principles over and over, even I was, I, was, I was writing this. And that's how I know they work. And it was wow. hard. But my mentor, when I finished at the book launch party, wrote me a letter. She's written multiple bestsellers. And she said, Dar, many start, but few finish. Congratulations, you finished. Oh, I've got goosebumps yeah. and I'm about to, to tear up here. That is you know, and it, it it's to speak, you know, we speak a lot of, you know, social media can be wonderful and it can be the demon on the other side because there's so much comparison. One of my podcasts a couple of weeks ago was comparison is a thief of joy. And when yeah. we see people just live in the dream, we do not understand what made that person. 
mm-hmm. and what is making and chiseling away at them to build their character. Right. And, and I always say that when we are, are knocked down, we are building ourselves up for better character, a better path yeah. and, and an openness to, you, you know, everything you say, like, I just, I can't even reiterate enough that it's just, if everybody just understood that whatever has happened to them was a reason for it. It set them up. You know, they, you know, you talk about one window closes, another one opens. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine how heartbreaking that was and probably a gut punch when you were told you could have had kids and how you had to go through your reframing principle Mm -hmm. because that, that would have shattered most women to like an incomprehensible level, truly. And especially if that's something that your heart always wanted, but there was a reason that God put you through that. And if you can truly in your heart, know that and believe that, then, yeah. then nothing can, is going to hold you back. Cause you can, mm-hmm. if you can bounce back from that, that's a, that's a big bounce back. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. I heard that, I, that just made me so sad at first for you, <laughs> but you wouldn't be where you are today. You would have been no. different. I no. really truly believe, you know, cause you would have put yep. your heart and soul into your family. Yes. And you, you can't Absolutely. have it both ways. Your heart and soul can't yep. go to the world and to the family. It's yep. There's a breaking yep. point, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I, that's, it's good for people to see that. I mean, cause you do, you look like you have it all together. You're living a great life. You're, you're walking around with these NBA stars and all these MLBs and the NFL and the corporate people and higher ups. And, and you, I mean, that's some people's dreams, but are they willing to put the work in? Are they willing, yep. do they have that path? Is that their path? Is that meant for them? We don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell me a little bit about um, this positive affirmation. And and I was really excited and you actually got me starting to think because I feel like I'm in a dead end right now. Like I love okay. what I do. And my goal is always, if I can help one person, I've succeeded this week. And that's all I, I ask. Um, Cause by no means does anybody know who I am really. <laughs> I'm trying, but it's not easy the, the power word and, and, and positive affirmations, positive affirmations. I talk about every day. I, you know, you, you need to, what we tell ourselves is what we believe in ourselves. So we need to move into that and, and stop talking down to ourselves. I use it with my kids, you know, you're not stupid, you know, just because you screwed Mm -hmm. up on that, let it go. Don't live in the past Mm -hmm. and move forward. It built you to where you're going to be. What Mm -hmm. about this power word? And the, um, what was the other thing? The power, uh, the why power, the why power. Yeah. yeah so this that. is where why power over willpower is what yes. I want to say to this. Yes. When you, when you, you don't want to have to keep lighting yourself every day, mm-hmm. like lighting a fire underneath yourself. And I know that a lot of us try to do that. It's like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. I got to light a fire underneath myself. That gets exhausting after a yes. while and your will just starts to weaken. Mm-hmm. So yes, you have willpower, but your will weakens and it's hard to sustain on just willpower. So I want you to sustain on why power. Your why power is why you are here. It is your mission. It is the word, it is the anthem of your life. And mm-hmm. I put in this book how to get to that point. So mine is awaken greatness. Greatness mm-hmm. is my why, my, my power mm-hmm. word. And when I could help inspire, motivate, and awaken greatness in mm-hmm. myself and others every day, now I can get up. So when I had the stroke, I couldn't do, I couldn't go. I just gotten done traveling with the Phoenix Suns with their, as their mental skills coach. Yeah. I couldn't, thankfully the season ended, but I mean, I couldn't get back the way I was right after. I couldn't right. go out. I couldn't walk. I couldn't read. There was a lot wow. of things, but I thought, okay, 
well, how can I still awaken greatness? Just because that shifted doesn't mean that I lost my why. My why Mm -hmm. is still there. It's just the delivery of how I do it is changing. So I want people to understand that while maybe you, maybe right now, if you're listening, you went through a health challenge, you've gone through, uh, maybe it's a layoff, a job change, something didn't work out for you. While those things could be taken away from you, no one takes away your gifts and your talents that you were created with. And when you align that with a why statement, with an Mm -hmm. anthem for how you want to be remembered, and you put power into that, now you're lit from within. Now you don't have to keep lighting a fire underneath you because that you are literally lit, lit in a good way, lit with the why power, lit with this energy, with this mission, with this God-sized mission. And, you know, I want you to think your life is a 30 for 30 in the making. It's a, your movie's going to be played out. I mean, I gave my mother and father's eulogy. I literally said to everyone at my father's, this is his 30 for 30 right now. And all of you, Mm -hmm. you're going to have your 30 for 30 moment. What do you want the title of that to be? What's the anthem? What are people remembering? Because right now you're the producer. It's getting scripted out. So if you don't like the script, change it now, truly. And start writing the script you want. And that will start to give you the why, the why power. That's going to give you power to sustain when the hits come. And even when it's great, it gives you more energy to keep elevating, to be innovative, to be creative. It's interesting, you know, and as I was going through all your nine principles and so I was trying to, I was trying to flip the switch. So I'm, I'm reading it through your eyes and what you do and the people you surround yourself with and who you're talking to your clients. And then I'm like, okay, but the people that are coming on here and I'll tell you some of the people that I've met through my journey, Mm um, I was trying to figure out how, how these principles work, um, when someone is struggling, okay, for example, using some of the principles in your book, here's a couple of people that I have actually met along the way. Uh, one is a, a former student of mine. I bet, I bet he's listening. Hey, dude. Um, he was wrongfully um, hit by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. It was violent. Like he and I finally got on, I, I taught him in sixth grade and mm-hmm. we got on a phone call maybe two years ago. And I'm like, what's going on? And mangled horribly. He said it was a horrible sight. He is now still two years in. They are just handling the case in court. Mm. And he is angry. He's bitter. Mm. He's, mm. He has vengeance in his heart. And I have spoken indirectly to him about until you can let go and forgive here. And he, you can't heal here. You're not going to feel better. And he is literally physically struggling with his amputation, not mobile, not doing the things he wants to do. Can't get rid of the pain, yeah. trying every aspect that's external, you know, cause in our community, a lot of people are like, what works for phantom pain? Is it gabapentin? Is it opioids? Oh, is it yeah. this? Is yeah. it this? And I'm like, yeah. I use nothing. I use nothing. It's all me. So yeah. what with, with some of these things, when you talk about your environment, the emotional intelligence, the grit, how do we turn that on its head for those in my community? And how, how do we get past feeling wrongs been done and we can't forgive? And, and that, that is not the only case. I've had two other people talk to me about they are trying so hard to forgive. And I can tell that they are not living their fullest life. And I truly equate the two. That if we're not healing our own hearts for the situation that we've been put into, how do we get 
out of our own way to physically heal ourselves. So what do you tell someone like that? Yeah, there's a lot in there. So let me just start with, I go back to principle one, which is also for the student that you're talking about. I just want to say, if you're listening, I'm so sorry you went through that. I feel you. I hear you. And I see you Mm because what you went through is not easy at all. And it's not fair. I get it. It's not fair at all. And that's why principle one is embrace the suck. It's the military created that for a reason, because when you are in battle, which you are, there's no way around it to spin it to be positive. At this moment, this sucks and I get it. Mm -hmm. What we have to do, the embracing of it is we are where we are right now. Once we are able to see this and shift the emotion to what is it that I need to do about this so that I could move forward. If you can get some active awareness in the sense of, yes, I'm angry. And you have a right to be angry at that moment. And Mm -hmm. the anger for the moment is good, but not, it can't plant there. It can't park Mm -hmm. there. It can't be your whole life. Use the anger to then shift to fuel you to say, what am I going to do about this? Because once you embrace it for what it is, it is Mm -hmm. what it is. And you start getting into battle mode of, okay, what do I need to do? And let me explain. Like I said, next principle is understanding your hard wiring. Mm-hmm. While a lot of things have shifted physically in your body, you still have your brain, your heart, your mind, your soul. Mm-hmm. And it, it's still working for you. And it still has these unbelievable talents. You're just yes. going to need to use them in a different way now, okay? You have to use them in a different way. That's what I did. And that's what I do as an occupational therapist to say, we're going to find the possible and the impossible. We're going to also help you find a new normal. So what was normal before is not normal now, but we're going to create a new normal, a new vision. We're going to set our eyes on that. And we are going to go forward on that vision because we have to, because otherwise staying in the pain of where you are is quicksand. And you can't, the further down you go, the harder it is to get out of that quicksand. So I want to mentally get you out right now today and say, we're going to re we're going to rewire it. We're going to find out your hard wiring. We're going to have you reignite the gifts that are in you. Remind yourself, go and write down right now, all of your gifts and talents that you have, because you have them. And if you can't think of them, because you're not in the right frame of mind right now, ask someone to say, what are the mm-hmm. gifts and talents I have right now? So that they could remind you. And that yeah, becomes your confidence true. card. And yep. I want you to look at that confidence card every single day. And yep. then you're going to start going from there and you're going to start building on what's the next plan. What could I do next? And here's the thing. Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's very hard when someone's done something and it's unfair and we didn't have a choice in it. But yeah. you know what the choice you do have? You have the choice to either stay in that resentment or let go, let it be what it's supposed to be at this point, because we can't change the situation, release it and surrender to say, that was a part of my past. That was an incident that happened, but it's not going to be a part of my future. And I'm going to release on the person that did that. Yes, there are consequences Mm -hmm. for it. So let the court handle it at that point. Mm -hmm. You show up with what you need to show up with. You step up to the plate. You say what you need to. But you are going to try to take some of the emotion away from it in the sense of it happened. It's not right. 
you be there, you help fight that case that you need to, then you surrender at that point to whatever is going to be is going to be, but you can't let that hold you back from your future at this point. And when you keep to resentment, that is literally poison in your own soul. Because when you forgive, and forgiving doesn't mean you forget. Forgiving doesn't mean that you condone the incident. I don't condone people drinking and driving. Absolutely not. But you could also understand, and I know this is hard when you're in pain. We've all made mistakes. And I don't know what that person is that did that. I don't know where they were in their life. I don't know why this happened. But you have to release that. You forgive them for that. And you say, Mm -hmm. that's for your lesson to go learn. I wish this never happened to me, but I'm going to use this to fuel, to have more awareness, maybe Mm -hmm. about drinking and driving, more awareness on what it means to bounce back, how you come back, take the pain and turn it into purpose, take the resentment and help you release it, take resentment, release it and rise up again, take the struggle and turn it into strength. Reframe your mind right now to what you're going through so you could go forward. And then the last chapter, by the way, I wrote this specifically as the last principle is you have to turn the page on pain. If you do not turn the page on pain, you learn Mm -hmm. from it, you do what you need to do with it. If you don't turn the page, you cannot write a new chapter. So get your pen, turn the page and start writing your new chapter. And, and I love that there. I mean, I, I'm looking, I just took so many notes. There were so many quotes in your book that I'm like, this is, this is perfect. Like, this is great. You had one um, that I truly believe in, in grit from um, coach Williams that I think so is good. just perfect that everything is on the other side of hard. Well, you know what, if, if it, if it was easy to become a rock star, easy to become a MLB player, easy to become a, a motivational speaker, then everyone would do it. But yep. it, it took, I mean, what you went through, I don't think anybody would say, Ooh, I want to go with, with, with what happened to coach Dar, So I could become like her. You had to overcome, mm-hmm. but then with that, it built you, it created who you were. It gave you a, a platform from the heart and the experience that we need. And, and it was not easy to get to where you are today and everything that you went through. Now, this would be a very unfair question to ask, but I must ask this. If you could do it again, would you have the same setup teeing you off here and getting you to where you are? I know it sounds cliche, and I know people have said this in the past, but I really wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be able to have helped over a hundred thousand people now. Mm. I think it's 56 different countries written this book and honestly have the depth of compassion Mm. and understanding. Someone said to me the other day, you've every time I sit and talk to you about something, I feel like you've been through it because you've been yeah. through so much stuff. And I said, yeah. I have. And I go, that's probably why God's asked me to teach because yeah. I've been there. So if I didn't go through it, I wouldn't be able to teach from it as no. well or as compassionate. So I wouldn't change no. it because again, I also live in the mindset, Angie. When you start to realize your journey is not for you to just be a hedonist and have it all come to you. It is right. truly to take your gift every day and say, I'm on a mission 
to use this gift to help people. That is why I get up. I do not get up for me to say, well, what can I do? How much can I make so that I could just have all these things in my life? If I'm blessed with more financial freedom so that I could do more, serve more, help more, great. But I started at the beginning. If God never gave me another thing, I am so blessed. Yeah. And we are here to serve other people with the gift we have. You aren't, mm-hmm. mi- it's like soldier. If you're listening, everyone is a soldier in this. We are on mission and we yeah. all have to be on mission to win the war yeah. and, and really win this game of life. So yeah. stay on mission and keep going. You know, I wish that I had this kind of knowledge when I was younger, <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, you, you, the the more you go through and the more you, if you're introspective too, I feel like I'm very introspective. I think having big brothers and my sister around, I kind of always kind of watched how their lives unfolded and took notes yeah. <laughs> so that I can, mm-hmm. you know, be the best version of me after seeing what they went through. And, yeah. you know, and of course they've been huge supports of everything I've gone through. And, and they're like, of course this would happen to you. And I wouldn't change a thing either. Like, yeah. and I had to elect and, and when you elect, and I did have some situations where, you know, I had a, a one peer in one day when I couldn't even say the a word, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in one day I met a, a, a peer support person who was a soldier. She lost her leg, mm. uh, in a boating accident, but she actually got reinstated. I think she was one of the first female pilots to get reinstated oh, after amputation. Wow. That was my very first peer support person. And I'm like, God, you knew who to speak to me. <laughs> that is, I chills, Angie. That like, is right? so amazing. She's oh, incredible. Love the girl. And then turn around and five minutes later, another lady walks in who was a bilateral baloney mm. and she's like, well, what are you doing here? And I told her and she, she got angry because she couldn't believe I would, I would choose this path. She would never have chosen her path and she hates it. Mm-hmm. How would you, how could you do that? It's not right that you're choosing that. I walked out mortified and I had to really get, get my tread going again. And when remember where mm-hmm. I was because mm-hmm. I had seen both sides of that coin within moments yep. and it was yep. frightening. Yes. But going into your, I love this, this reframing, the reframing principle, you wrote something in here that says that mentally reframing is the process by which such situations or thoughts are challenged and changed. Reframing is how you talk to yourself about the setbacks you're facing. It's about in innovating the setbacks with a positive framework. And I like that because really what I would like for the people that listen to come away with this is that, okay, yeah, you went through this, whether it's from cancer, diabetes, trauma, um, or in my case, elected because of a a plethora of medical issues prior, which for those that elected, it's usually five to 10, 12 years of non-existent living. Yes that we've elected. So we have all go through it from a different angle. We all come together from a different angle, reframing mm-hmm. that this is where I'm at now. Yeah. This is not necessarily a setback, but a set up. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. If people just understood that this was a path that was chosen for them and they could embrace that, embrace that suck and embrace the fact that that is a character builder moment and a divergent off the normal path that you were thinking 
but isn't that a wake up call? So talk to me about what, a, what we want to do to set ourselves up versus setting ourselves back with what happens to us. Cause in our situations, most people think, okay, you're, you're one leg mm-hmm. down. You you're set back now. Right. I would say different. Right. What, what do you say to someone like that? I have about well, four well, people that are listening now that just got amputations like within mm-hmm. the last two weeks. I want you to just, first, let me make the visual point, mm-hmm. a bow and arrow. When you pull it back, anything that, you know, when you pull it back, that tension, it mm-hmm. is setting you up when you released it, it has way more force when it, mm-hmm. the bow goes forward. So when you're getting pulled back, what feels like a pullback is just creating that tension to propel you so much further, stronger, better forward, mm-hmm. right at the target where you want to go better than ever. And you needed that tension. You needed that pull. If you don't pull a bow back at its fullest tension, it can't go as far. So I want you to have that visual right now that that bow is pulling you back with all the tension. So the amputee, the amputation, everything you're going for, it is really giving you the fullest tension you need to set you up for the best setup going forward, to propel you forward. And what feels like complete Mm. pullback is truly the setup. So that visual, keep that in your mind because we forget that. But again, if it's just a little pullback, it can't, the, the bow's going to fall right off. My dad yep. was a hunter. So I yep. know this. Ditto. And so, and you've got to really pull that. So I just want you to think that when you are being pulled back in this time that you are being pulled back, work on your fitness, work on your emotional foundation. Cause all of that is like, getting proper lineup. So when you release, it goes right where you want it to go. Mm-hmm. So right now you might've just gotten amputated and the amputation you've just gotten through surgery, you're weeks in, maybe you're just a couple months in. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It is where you are mm-hmm. and it's setting you up for a greater setup. And what you do right now is literally going to help determine the direction you're going to go. And when I was in the hospital, I could tell my patients that we're going to go further because of their mindset. So Mm. I need you to shift your mindset because you need to use your mind in as a way to advance you, not pull you back. I want this to be for you, not against you. That's incredible. That's a great visual. I mean, and and it it makes Mm -hmm. sense. I'm a visual learner, Mm -hmm. so. Mm-hmm. I need those. Me too. Sometimes, Me too. you know, I could, I could talk circles, but if I get a visual, I'm like, got it. Like that, that yeah. just nailed it. So yep. tell me what, what is on your, um, your, your plans now for future? Where, where is this leading you? You know, I hope that as that arrow has come back and it's starting to release me forward, that it continues to propel me so that I can make greater impact in this world. I really pray that God propels me continues on such a global level because Mm. we're taught you can go get an MBA. You could learn a language. You could go on YouTube and learn how to play the guitar. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things we could learn, but what we're not taught is how to build mental fortitude, how to build this mental foundation, how to work on mental fitness. And I want people to get a degree in mindset. And that's what I hope with this book and all the work that I'm doing, that if they never open up another book, they just open up this and they, God gives me the words that I need to speak and teach from, 
that I reach people all over the world so that when they hit hard times, I'm hoping some of the words or some of the things I taught them is the one thing that helped them get back up and help them not give up. And, and, and even, I want to say this, even if you haven't gone through a really big setback, so you may be listening and there may be a friend or someone in your family that's listening with you and they haven't gone through the setback you have. Here's the thing. I still want people to achieve all that they're called to. So you've got to still work on your mental fortitude, your fitness. You know, when I work in the pros, say they didn't go through an injury. I still want them to have mental edge. We all can work on our Mm. edge, our mindset, so that when we work on this, we are well overall. Because if you just work on your physical, not your mental, you'll feel this imbalance. Mm. So I pray every day that as this goes forward, that it's propelled into a much greater impact so more lives are helped before I go. Well, I love that. And I know that um, we talked about your faith and everything and how, like, I, I wonder how some people can get through some of these hurdles without a belief system, right? Some, whatever it is you believe in, something that has a faith base. One, I, you had, I think in your book, I saw at the very beginning, you had a quote from the Bible, if I'm not mistaken. Or I, I read I had it somewhere. a couple, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. One that I really love that I really wanted to speak because I usually, like I said, I don't normally bring up Bible verses on this podcast, but I, I do believe this is apropos. And I, yeah. I said, God, just give me the words, but 2 Corinthians 12, 10, that it just says, that's why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insult in hardships in um, difficulties. Cause when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And I have put that on a vision board by my bed prior to my amputation to remember that better things are coming, that I can't be my greatest self if I don't experience something that's going to build my character. Yeah. Yes. Like no, and no one goes through life. It is, it's refinement. And, and to kind of wrap it up, one of the things that you wrote that was also a visual that was phenomenal at the end at the turn of the page. And you wrote a car's rear view mirror is so small. And the windshield is so big because our lives were meant to be lived forward. Yeah. Facing mm-hmm. forward. And it's true. Cause I think a lot of us, when we've gone through challenges, sit back and go, but my path was this way. And, and what happened that that's, I was, I went to college for this and now I can't, I can't do that. I, we're, we keep looking at what went yeah. on behind us that yeah. we're not even seeing what's coming. Mm-hmm. And that maybe our oh, focus yeah. should be on the bigger picture that's in yeah. front, not behind. And it's okay to acknowledge. I say acknowledge, but let go. And here's the thing. Things are going to creep up. You know, pain points will come back at times. That's why at the end of the book, I put this in a mm-hmm. circle because you're going to have to keep going through this process. It's not like it's one and done. It's not a linear line. It's circular. It, it, it's cyclical too. It, it so, is. and here's a real life example. Just Friday morning, a friend sent a song that her daughter wrote called Missing Pieces. Mm. And it was about how she couldn't have children and how she's missing a piece in her life. The song is so beautiful. Mm. And I was getting ready to go speak. And I start (laughs) listening to this song, Angie. All of a sudden, out of the, yeah, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm feeling pain and, so I'm in this moment where my head goes quickly to, to your point where I was in the rear view mirror for a minute mm-hmm. and I was thinking my head even went to for being human. My head went to, why was I robbed of this? I feel like I was yep. robbed of 
Yes. Having children and a family. I was robbed of having certain relationships that I would have been in had I been able to have children. I I was like, I started going through things that I'm like, I was robbed of this and I haven't cried that hard in so long. And for a second, I'm like, Dar, pull yourself together. You have to go give a speech, sister, and motivate people. (laughs) And I'm sitting there feeling this pain and it was grief. It was literally grief coming through. And I felt like I'm robbed. I don't have my parents. I'm robbed. And I sat there for a moment because this happens. I'll go into this mode for a second. Mm. I give myself so much time and then I go, okay, that's over because I cannot live in the rear view mirror. I said, you've got to look out the front view mirror. You've got to go drive forward because that's where you're going. You're going forward. This is where it's always been. So keep driving forward because that's who you have to help who's in front of you. You can't change or help what's behind you. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I reframed it and I shifted, I was able to turn the page again. And that's why I say these principles are cyclical circles. You know, I'm in this every day, but it took one thing like that. And, and sound and music is the biggest trigger to it, either help you triggers, or hurt you. Oh gosh, it yeah. triggers me. Yeah. Or it well, could help you. You know, you put music yeah. on, it could change. Your, like I had to go listen to songs after that, truly in the car that were, I listened to hip hop after, uh, honestly. I was like, let's go. Beat. I need some, I need some nineties hip hop. And I was ready to go. And I was able to give the speech. Well, totally agree with that, you know, and it, it is true when you say that um, when when something like that sets you back for that moment, that's what we say, like, nobody is perfect. Even mm-hmm. someone who does this for a living, you guys, mm-hmm. has her moments that it just attacks when we're not thinking. Yeah. So that's why it's practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Keep repeating those affirmations. A lot of the things at the end of each principle state, do this tonight, write down the three things or have someone tell you what they see you yeah. are about and, and yeah. have that there. And I talk about putting sticky notes up. If there's something yeah. that you want to say, like, you know, you are a beautiful person inside out, stick that baby up there first thing in the morning. So when you're putting your makeup on or whatever, you see that and remind yourself mm-hmm. that you are gold and you are where you're supposed to be and you are who you are. And, you know, if we just keep I feel like I've broken record. Like at the end of my podcast, I'll do a call to action. Cause like you, like, I want people to not just read my book, right. Or listen to my podcast. I want them to act. So I do a call to action that says, okay, so this week for the next seven days, start doing this every day, right? Five things down you're grateful for every day, put it in a journal right next to your bed or put a note on your window or whatever it is. And there's always some call to action at the end because I believe in actions because that's going to give them tools, right? To -hmm. move forward and and practice Mm -hmm. because God knows we will have something knock at our door again and try to knock us down. It's just, that's life. Yeah. Nobody goes unscathed. I say nobody. And even though they look like they're living the dream on social media, that is a millisecond of their life. What's happening on the other 23 hours that, that day, you know, we, we don't know. So we focus on ourselves, right? And we focus on practicing the good things, reframing our circumstance, getting in a better environment. Um, I mean, just coach, this is like the best book I have read in a long time. And I am all about books. I don't read books like Fabio books and things like that. I literally don't read for pleasure. I read to learn more about me and how I can become better. So when I saw this, and then I was so ecstatic when Eric came in and 
there was a pile of your books. I'm like, oh my God. And he goes, chill one second. We are keeping some of these. <laughs> so we gave one to each of our sons and, oh, and, now, good. and now I've got, so are you guys listening? Got to get on my Instagram page, follow, because I will have a way for you to win. I have five books to give away. And so I'm so excited because I know that it's, it's going to be huge. You're going to do great things with this. I'm, if it doesn't sound condescending, I am so proud of you. Oh, like thank you. what you've gone through ugh, is, is incredible. You too, I, Angie. Ah, you know, I promise you I wouldn't do this, but to know you is to love you and to understand where you come from and what you face. And yet you still mm-hmm. want to change others' lives is incredible. Truly. Thank you, my friend. Thank From you. From the bottom you of my too. heart, I, I can't, I'm so grateful for you to be on. I hope you'll come on again. Anytime. <laughs> Darn it. Darn you. Waterproof mascara on check. Okay. <laughs> All right, girl. I am so thankful for you. And I, I, I pray for you. I pray that this book finds all the right people that need you in their lives right now, greater on a level than you could ever speak at events. I hope it just branches out for you. You deserve it. Best wishes for your future. And please make sure you stay in touch. I will. Thank you, Angie, so much for having me on. I appreciate you and love you. What an amazing interview. I hope you guys are as inspired as I am after talking to Coach Dar. And I really hope you kind of go out and get her book. You'll want to read it. It's a great read. It's a it's a simple, straightforward message. Each section is just broken down wonderfully and with things that you can do to get started right away in changing your thinking, your environment, your affirmations, etc. Everything is there for you that you need to get a good kickstart in a different direction if that's what you're looking for in life. And I tell you what, this coming month we have some amazing interviews coming, some amazing people who have overcome and bounced back. A lot of people that have gone through the amputation process and from all different walks of life. And so I really hope that you will subscribe and you will make sure that you don't miss an episode in April as we kick off Limb Loss and Limb Difference Awareness Month starting next week. So thank you, Coach Dar, for being on. Thank you for those of you who are listening. I really hope that you are fired up and ready to make changes in your own life. So until next week, as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.